0: You are now listening to Hosanna's Huddle.
1: You are now listening to Hosanna's Huddle.
2: Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hosanna's Huddle. Before we get started tonight, I just wanted to remind everyone that the views and opinions expressed here at Hosanna's Huddle are not the views and opinions of Power and Praise Ministries, Deltona, Florida. Tonight, our very interesting topic is what if you lost? everything but god this should be super duper interesting this is char thank you for spending time with us tonight and we'll start with the other introductions
1: it's your girl alex hello hello it's tiana
0: hi this is antoine heart (laughs) (laughs) dun 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 Yikes. Welcome <laughs> to
2: the <laughs> Antoine <my> Heart Show. <laughs> and now, your host, the boy with the glasses.
0: I'm not the host tonight. Who <laughs> talked talk <laughs> I forgot. Oh, Charmaine picked this topic.
2: Yes, I, I picked this topic. I think <laughs> it's important. Especially because a lot... And the reason why I thought of this topic is because I was brainstorming and... Um, it has started to get a little bit difficult coming up with stuff, and um, I kind of thought back to the beginning of COVID when everyone got s- so scared, which is weird because the COVID numbers are a lot, were a lot lower then than they are now, um, and we're a lot less scared now than we were then, but okay. Um, a lot of people thought that it was almost going to be like an Armageddon effect. They thought that, you know, people were going to lose everything. The economy was going to collapse. Um, we had to start living in a way that we're not used to. Um, all the schools were shut down. Businesses, restaurants, bars, clubs, you know, everything that we were are used to having at our fingertips was now gone. And, uh, of course, you know, we haven't had a pandemic and in forever decades upon decades upon decades and so you know a lot of us actually felt like we lost everything we didn't of course in hindsight but what if you did what if one day you woke up and you had nothing it doesn't matter why you have nothing but you just wake up one day and now you have nothing no house no car Um, You still have your responsibilities in front of you, like your children and your spouse um, or your parents or whomever it is that you take care of on a daily basis. You still have all of your responsibilities facing you, but you have nothing. You have no job, no resources, no nothing. And all you have is God. So um, that was the, the prime question. So I shared it. Uh, with my cohorts, and let them know that I wanted to try this topic out, and of course they were more than willing to oblige. And to keep things going tonight, I had even wrote down a couple of tips um, to kind of help everybody out with um, maybe they tra- their train of thought because this is big. This is this is what I would call like almost a generalized category. It's 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 huge, right? Um, So, it can get a little bit out of control, maybe. You can go in all different kinds of directions with it. So, excuse me, I'll start by saying, (laughs) Would you be patient? And how patient would you be? And let's start off with that because I think a lot of times God will tell us to be still and we think that that's probably the worst piece of advice that we could attain right and then we start to be resentful and rejectful and i just kind of want to go around the room and just ask you guys what if you lost everything but god how patient would you be i mean
1: I feel like you can answer it, but until you're actually in that position will probably be totally different because like the pressure is there, it's actually there. Um, As of patience, I've always had patience, so it's like, even though I have had patience, I've always, it's like, "Hmm, it's a hit or miss because I'll have patience, but then I'll be like, no, I have to figure this out. Because I know you said you have everything but God. You only have God. Mm-hmm. And i am like, okay, I have to leave it to God, but I have to figure this out. There's no way I can just sit around and wait. I can't just wait. I, like, I have to figure this out. I'll get itchy. Like, no, I have to figure Like, what can we do? We literally have nothing. We have to figure out. We have to be survived. Like, we have to survive. We have to figure out what's our next move. We have kids. Like, probably panic mode. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. The human side. You know, the flesh mm-hmm. side. But, you know, as you grow spiritually and, you know, you have nothing but God, then like you said, and he said, be still, you just got to be still. But I did give my honest opinion until you're in that position. I honestly cannot say, oh, I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be still." if you tell me to be still. I'm going to be still and I'm just going to sit and wait. Honestly and fleshly, I feel like I'm going to like we have to figure this out. For the sake of the kids, for the sake of everything, we have to figure this out. There's no way I can just sit around and just watch them suffer, even though they won't probably suffer. But, you know, it's just just those thoughts will run through my mind. But like I said, spiritually, if you're up there, like very mature in your spirit, I guess you're going to be still. Can't say I'm there yet until the position, you know, approaches me. If it happens, it's different when it actually happens. Because some people could be like, oh, um oh she's been through that but she needs to get over it but unless they actually went through it then i feel like they won't understand so it's kind of like that a little bit like you have to be in the position to know how you're going to react because everybody has that little thing in them that gets a little panicky like oh my gosh we literally lost everything you lost your house you lost your car your job you have kids you have nothing no, food. <laughs> One bottle of water to share between six of you. So <laughs> <No>. dramatic.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just got to put it out there so that they can have the visual. Yeah. Like yeah. You literally have nothing but a bottle of water. How can you share that bottle of water between you and your family members? You have
2: to go to the pantry or something. You pray over it and let Oh, it we, oh so line. we
1: still have resources like the pantry? Or I mean, the pantry in your house. It's well, realistic.
2: Not oh, the pantry in okay. your house, because you don't have a house. See, when the pandemic first started. I'm talking started, about the pantries that are in the community. Oh, so like, those things. Okay. I'm yeah, those Hopefully they have water. food on reserve. Yeah, because those are, I mean, realistically, those are not going to go anywhere. They're So we be still have there. stores. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that. I just use the pandemic uh, scenario like, as an example. But what I'm saying is, is not, this this scenario didn't happen during the pandemic. This is just random while everything is going on in the middle of everything being regular and normal. Mm. You just lose everything. Okay. So, so that gave me a little, well,
1: I know for myself, I feel like right now God has me in a season of patience. So I definitely know that patience is something that I definitely have to work on. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Patience is not my best friend. I'm very demanding, So I like things in my way when I want it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, but I know right now, I know for like, I really feel like God has me in a season of patience right now. So that's definitely something that I am working on and praying. Like I I have a habit of praying and, you know, I trust you, God. And then I sit there and the devil, because I'm a thinker, gets in my little mind and I be sitting there thinking about it and it just keeps running and running and I (laughs) think of all the worst scenarios there possibly can be (laughs) Um. don't we all (laughs) I don't think of the healthy ones and then losing to calm my mind that's when I like got to put the Bible on or something and like hear it so I know because I'm in a season of patience right now I kind of find myself you know listening to the Bible more and trying to pray more to keep myself focused because I know patience is a very big thing and uh, I know for me if it happened Fleshly, I'm gonna react. I'm gonna be probably the biggest drama queen there is, <laughs> um, crying, you know, falling out, you know, just doing the most. I, I like, like
2: everybody being honest. Like, <laughs> like, I love it. I'll probably
1: be the biggest, but I wouldn't. Ha- I wouldn't say my situation probably would get easier because my family, my family definitely is a big support system. So, and my dad'll probably be like, Girl, if you don't get yourself together, like mm-hmm. if you don't snap out of it. So mm-hmm. that definitely will help me get back in line and remind myself of, you know, who I am in Christ. Um, that would definitely be that role my family would play for me but I definitely by myself I'll be the one to be like crying alone and just acting a whole fool on the ground Lord why why me Lord? <laughs>
2: that, and we discussed that before that does not count as a prayer right <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah so I definitely would be that one and I probably even so even if I'm not just crying like I I'll probably be praying a lot like asking a whole bunch of questions mm-hmm. like asking mm-hmm. questions over and over and over over and over you know it's just asking trying to get answers you know just make it clear for me I can accept it if it's clear Lord just make yeah. it clear you know I can accept this if I understand why I I'll be that type of person I definitely would be that prayer with a thousand questions And he's probably like okay you're really on the answer machine now because you're asking too many questions just take your behind to sleep or something <laughs> so I'm definitely like that so I know that it would be something that I have will have to work on but I definitely I do agree that your spiritual maturity um plays a big part in patience Mm -hmm. um you definitely have to be very mature to understand and know that god is in control of everything um but i think he knows that as no matter how spiritually mature is you will have a reaction i think sometimes that's where we get things to say you know we always have an initial reaction to something but it's how we react after we have um clarity or you really see what the opposition is, how you're going to react after it, Mm -hmm. um, I think is what is the biggest thing, that you don't stay in that place. Mm -hmm. But I know my initial reaction will probably be a fleshly one, it (laughs) wouldn't be one, you know. (laughs) Yeah. that isn't isn't wouldn't look spiritual to most people but hey who are people to define what spirituality is yeah. but i definitely know yeah. that once it get once i get into it i know that my patience will start to ease out because i know that anything is the only way it's going to work is if i trust god no matter what i do the only way it's going to work and balance out is because i trust god because i mean i may have not lost everything but i have felt like i've lost a lot to where i had to depend on god to get me back in a position to where you know i started to feel like i can make it so mm-hmm. i definitely you? think so mm-hmm.
2: hmm? what about you
0: well i think it's um natural human reaction to um react first without thinking you know because uh, there's been plenty of times where i've done the exact same thing where something happens and i try to Trying to find a solution immediately, mm-hmm. until I sit back and say, "Wait, let me go to God for this first before anything." You know, so that's that's a natural um, human thing to do. Uh, as far as patience, um, I tend to have patience, and then I tend to don't have patience because people always tell me all the time, "Antoine, you have so much patience," but they don't see what's all going on in my head. How I'm getting yeah. mad because time, my, time, my time is being wasted right now and everything. And so, I have patience, but I, I guess. I, I don't have patience but I do have patience I just don't show that I don't have patience well sometimes I don't show because sometimes you can see it in my face mm-hmm. sometimes you can so it's all all depends on that and so um, yeah that's my take on it
1: <laughs> yeah I think people have to know you to know when you're aggravated and you didn't yeah. had enough like once you we learned you from the podcast once you like really know you then you can know when you get aggravated but i think before we would never known. you probably been talking mess about us in your head a whole lot and we didn't know
2: it
0: i should have kept a poker face there. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna keep my poker face you back on, on now face. i don't want no one to in my thoughts right now
2: <laughs> so i guess yvette kind of jumped a little bit into um one of my next um headers i guess i could say is um have you been there before has it ever happened to you have you ever lost every everything that's important to you um materialistically tangible things of course things that keep you going on a daily basis your 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 livelihood have you ever lost your entire livelihood and didn't necessarily know which way to go or how how to how to deal with things like has it ever happened to you in real life and if so um what was your your react just a brief overview of your reaction and how it ended up working out and was it was it a long time when you executed your patience or lack of um you know, how did it kinda of work out for you? And did and, and what, what role did God play in it?
0: Alex.
1: That's
0: a big one. I saying you can try to see what it might sound like. Oh.
1: Okay. Um I've never lost my income, but I've been in positions to where I didn't manage my income right and it felt like I lost everything. <laughs> 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 um I definitely can say that, um, I think my transition from my divorce probably was like the only time in my life that I actually really felt like I lost everything, but I think that's because, you know, it depends on, I feel like that question, it really depends on what you value too, so it plays a big part on what you value and what you consider important in your life I guess you would say so that would be the only time I really like felt an emptiness or felt like I was starting from scratch like I'm just starting all over when I didn't I didn't lose my job or anything like that I didn't lose my car um I didn't lose any of that but it was just like I was starting all over, which they have said divorce is like death. So it's like you're like starting a whole new chapter in your life and you're like trying to figure it out. Because once you get used to like having a mate or someone in your life for so long, it's like you get used to that routine. So I'm a routine person. So now this routine was snatched away from me. So it was like I had to come up with a whole new routine. Okay, I'm back home with mom and dad now. Um, At the time, I was sharing the room with my nephew and, you know, it's just like, dang out like a low point right? yeah like dang yeah. where you at wow. so it's so like what open. you gotta do for sure so it definitely that was the most time but that moment I can say it drove me like really closer to like that's when I really got close with God Um, you hear people say all the time you know you can't You can't go off of your parents' blessings or you can't live off of your parents. I think at that moment in my life, I really experienced God for myself. You know, and growing up in a church, I always been, I knew I was blessed because of my family's lifestyle. And I, you know, I see my parents, but in those moments in my life, I seen God begin to bless me the way that they always talked about how God blessed them so when i begin to move forward and just do things which i mean i got a new job all all these different things just begin to happen i begin to see the blessings myself in my own life you know i didn't have to talk about anybody else's testimony i could tell my own now Like of how God moved in my life and just through prayer, constant prayer, fasting. And it was, he didn't even put me on fast, um, fast. I would just do it myself. I was fasting by myself. I was praying by myself. I was asking God certain questions. I was, you know, just really digging into who he was and allowing him to reveal himself to me. And then it was like, after I had did a seven day fast, it was like, then he called one for the leaders of the church to do another one. So it was like, I was fasting back to back. But God was able to reveal himself to me. So I think that was the only time that, you know, I really ever felt like that. I mean, since then, I haven't ever had to feel in that place because now God has been my dependence. And I I understand God better as a believer um, after that time in my life. So that would probably be my time in my life where I felt like that. But I really got to experience God for myself and see my own blessings and be able to tell my own stories of how he works. So, See? Okay, so... Mines is when In eviction And you get evicted out of your home And you have Little ones You know You can't provide that shelter over their heads anymore You can't You're figuring out where we're gonna go You get that notice that you need to go now And you know Everything is just having to pack up speed, Speeding Like you just have to pack up Because you have to go And um after that you know after getting evicted it's like where do you go where do you go um that's a lot of pressure but uh god did play a big role because before you know getting evicted and stuff you know you in my fleshly self like oh my gosh what's going on how can i get evicted you know after all that i've worked for you know i've worked hard and i put so much into this and Excuse me. And now this is what's happening, you know, instead of me looking at it, okay, there got to be a reason why this is happening. Instead of me looking at it at that point, like Anton was saying and Yvette was saying, we always have that human reaction first and that was my reaction. Like this doesn't make sense. Like I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And yet this still happened. Like how can I be out here in the streets with my kids? How can I not have a shelter over their head? Um, But it all twisted, it turned around, even though now I'm not staying with my family, I am staying with my in-law. And, you know, it was kind of awkward at first, but with this whole situation going on, like Yvette said, she had to learn God for herself, I had to too. A lot of people always wanted me to reach out. I reached out in the beginning of my whole journey of what's going on now, but after a while, God start pushing me back to myself. Like, no, it needs to be me and you me and you you need to seek me stop seeking seek me and um I had to continuously talk to him and I feel like that's what my relationship grew with him um as I started seeking him more and letting everything fall into the place where he wanted to be as of me depending fully on him that's when I started seeing changes. Like, you know, even though I've lived in many apartments and houses, I was never able to fix my credit. I'm on the verge of fixing my credit because I'm trying to buy a house next year as well. Um, I'm doing that. Um, other things like raises, you know, getting three raises in one week, you know, you're like, wow, you know, that definitely is God because I've been working at this job and previous jobs and never really seen a raise. Um, just little things started falling into place. Little things are lining up. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, when you have that point in time, like you said, you reach out to God. You have nothing but God. But then you have those wavering moments. And I've had a lot of them. Even up until last week, I've had wavering moments. Like, no, you know, this, this, this doesn't make sense. Like, everything I'm going through just does not make sense. Because if you're a God, you know, and I'll debate with him. And I'll talk to him like, this doesn't make sense. And he'll... I'm not gonna lie God is still teaching me a lot I have a lot to learn he said it I have a lot to learn I have a lot to still get out of my system but depending on him fully I did learn that depending and talking to him fully I did learn that because a lot of times I would always want to reach out to get confirmation from friends or whoever but at that time he was just like no it's me it's me so yes my low point was (laughs) getting evicted with four kids not knowing what the next move is or where am I going to put them or yes the situation that we live in now is not hunky dory it's not a hundred it's not everything but God still shows up and show out that he's in control and you know he shuts certain things down to make it seem like I got you guys don't worry about it relax and do what I tell you so
2: he will show you
0: that's for sure he has um I've been trying to think this whole entire time. Um, I don't know if I had like a a low, low, low point, but that I had like. Oh, I'm trying to think.
2: That's okay. I, I mean, if you haven't had that rock bottom moment yet
0: Yeah, I had, not
2: I, to say I'm wishing it on you oh my gosh I'm she not she said yet right ooh, I'm ooh, not wishing ooh. it on you but <sighs> I mean I, that's good I mean, if you haven't honestly right.
0: I mean I had low points but not knowing like rock bottom like I'm mm-hmm. about to kill myself type of thing
2: mm-hmm. well
0: you not. ain't
1: always gotta be about to kill
2: yourself right, you right I'm right. looking
1: at him like kill I'm just going to the
0: extreme with are sorry but
1: goodness, Antoine <laughs>
0: so, um yeah i can I had low points but I won't you know thank God i had no I did not have any like rock bottom like this is this is crazy depression this type depression type, type of thing you yeah. know and so I yeah
2: cause think you have any. to dig yourself out <laughs> uh-huh. out of beating yourself up mentally Girl. even beating up those around you mentally and well, a I've lot of people before.
0: don't uh, yeah yeah i', I beat myself uh-huh. up plenty of times before and everything mm-hmm. but i didn't I didn't let it get to a point where I'm just like rock bottom or mm-hmm. Like I said, I can't think of any rock bottom moments, but I had low points, yes. Mm-hmm. I had low points for, like, almost seven years straight, you know, but yeah. eventually that low point was, got to a higher point once mm-hmm. I started to rely on God more, you know. Yeah. It's like once I started relying on God more, things started looking better, you know. At mm-hmm. first, I was trying to that's do everything awesome. myself, mm-hmm. you know. So I started to truly rely on him, and, you know. So once I truly, truly started to rely on him, that's been my lows was getting higher and
2: higher and higher. So, Yeah that's awesome that, good. that is good that's a blessing because mm-hmm. some people when they already feel defeated and then they reach out and do try to rely on the lord and they're not necessarily and i i, I say with quotes a christian you know and they they the only reason why they're seeking god is because they feel so defeated mm-hmm. you know and then they get upset when god doesn't reply right away when he doesn't um, necessarily come through right away for lack of a better term Um, they start to get resentful right and then we never really talk about how a lot of times when we are hitting rock bottom or we're at our lowest um, how we lash out at others Mm -hmm. and how we make others feel you know we don't because we're misdirecting our anger and frustration and you know I think that's why it's an important topic because um it helps you to do some self-reflection, right? And and try to look at things from all different angles and perspective and you know, it's just not about us here in this room. I feel like listeners can totally relate to the topic tonight and they can embrace it and relate to some of the stories being told and,
0: and Did you have a did you have a, a a rock bottom moment?
2: I've had a rock bottom moment. Um
0: I mean to cut you off. I, I think just no, about it's it.
2: okay. I think my, my my issue always is that um my my definition of a rock bottom moment may not be necessarily somebody else's definition of a rock bottom True. moment. You know, like I remember when I first moved to Florida, the house the we went we moved into a rental house and the lady that was the landlord, she was the lady, she was a single lady, I think she was miserable. Um I guess she had been a landlord for a while. It was a really nice house. She had been a landlord for a while. Um, The realtor that we used to find the house, I kind of feel like she set us up um, because she tried to steer us. And if if a lot of our listeners don't know what steering is, um, it's a term used in the realty community where um, they steer black people away from certain areas and living in certain neighborhoods to accommodate white people feeling comfortable. And so I felt like she was steering us, and we ended up in this house that she knew had a very high turnover of residents. And the reason why I know she knew is because I asked her. Mm -hmm. I asked her. There were some things that led up to me asking her. I can't necessarily remember exactly what they were, but I remember asking her, like, is it, you know, has there been like a lot of people living in and out of this house? You know, I remember asking her that specifically and she said no so quickly with sweat on her brow and just so nervously answered me no. Why would I ask that? Absolutely not. She would never put me in that situation. You know and it was a lie the lady I think she had like four different families living in that one house in four years and um, we didn't find out the truth until the neighbors told us actually and you know they said she's a terrible landlord and you know that's why there was such a high turnover of tenants and long story short she uh, there was a hole in the master bathroom tub and instead of her getting it fixed properly she patched it she had someone come in and patch it with some plaster and this was a uh this was a uh I think a nylon type material tub and instead of her fixing it she patched it so obviously if you keep running water in it over time that patch is going to come off just like a band-aid and um the water ended up flooding under the floor, and it flooded our entire under the floor, under the floor, our entire bedroom, our ensuite, which is our master—not um, our ensuite. The bathroom is the ensuite. Our master closet is actually how we found out it was flooding under the floor. Because when I went to change my clothes one morning, I walked into the master closet, and it was it was carpeted, and it was squish 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 oh. under my feet so long story short we called her she was very upset that this happened she tried to blame us for it but thank god we took pictures of everything and notated everything when we first moved in so she knew she didn't have a leg to stand on with it so she basically and this we were only uh a couple of months out from our lease i think we only had like three months left to our lease and she asked us to leave She was willing to break the lease. And in the state of Florida, tenants don't have a leg to stand on. We don't really have laws to protect us. There's a ton of landlord laws to protect them, but there's nothing to protect us. And so, anyway, long story short, she asked us to vacate the premises. She was very nasty about it. Mind you, this is a woman who never met us face to face. Any dealings that we had with her was through text message. We had to go to her bank every month and deposit our rent money into her bank account because she didn't want to have any face-to-face contact with us so she never accepted responsibility for the relationship between us i feel like she did that on purpose i feel like she felt like if she never met me and my family face to face that she would have no emotional responsibility for us. You understand? So her putting us out would be easy, you know what I mean? So here we are, she wants us to get out. I'm devastated. I'm calling everybody, I'm calling Yvette, I'm calling Alex and telling her, oh my God, I'm homeless. Oh my God, somebody help me, help me, help me. I'm panicking, calling Tiana, crying. Just being ridiculous because, of course, I had other resources I mean, I, I I would never be homeless. I always have somewhere to go. But you know what I'm saying? I didn't even have bad credit at that time, you
1: know. So at that time, you don't have bad credit
2: now. <laughs> it was just so stupid. No, but I really felt like I was homeless. Like I really felt like my world was crashing down <laughs> on me. I thought that it was so horrible. Like. I felt like I was gonna swallow my tongue. I was so scared and depressed and whatever. But anyway, just like I said, my rock bottom. Some people is probably not rock bottom, but at that point, I felt rejected, and that you know that's 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 the one thing I want to pull out of that story is that I do not deal well with rejection. I am terrible with rejection. I remember one year I tried out. So every year in high school we had to try out for cheerleading, and one year I actually broke I broke my arm and my ankle at the same time because mm. I was I was constantly on roller, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, sorry. I, was, I was constantly on roller skates like literally I was like 2d from the facts of life y'all I slept with my roller skates on so I I would break bones constantly and I freaking broke my arm and my ankle all in one move and mm. I would go to the cheerleading practices (laughs) during the summer anyway, the conditioning. And then I tried out and I fell like four times through my routine, of course, because I had a fractured ankle and a fractured arm. And I actually like had a meltdown because I didn't make the team that year and just beating myself up over. But anyway, I, go, I say all that to say I don't like rejection. I don't deal with rejection well. Being rejected to me is like the ultimate failure. Like I examine myself from head to toe. I could get rejected a coupon at Publix. And it's over. (laughs) I'm different. As long as I have the reason
1: why you don't accept me, I'm fine with it.
2: Yeah, I don't deal with rejection. Just give me the reason
1: why. Don't just do something and not tell me. Then then if you do something and you don't tell me, then that's when it bothers me if I don't know why. Mm -hmm. But if I know why, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. That's that's how you feel. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. But I want to go back to something you said. (laughs) 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 Um, I want to go back to something you said um, when you were talking about like your mindset and how you act. I think the important thing like involving God in it is because like one of the things I prayed about when I felt like I was going through it was not to be bitter or angry. So I can say that God really showed me. I mean, it was a quiet time in my life where I really didn't speak to that many people because I knew I needed to heal on the inside. And I think sometimes we talk too much before we heal. Mm. Hmm. Or we don't talk to the right people um, while we're trying to heal. So, you know, you you abuse people because sometimes it's triggers that, you know, they say stuff to trigger you um, that may remind you of a moment and they don't even know that they're doing it. But um, I was really silent at a time because at that time I just was like God don't make me bitter don't make me angry make me you know make me be able to love make me be you know a human a decent human person because I didn't want to be that mean person to abuse people so I was going to say that was an important thing I think we have to recognize is that that's why sometimes it's important to grab hold to God because of the fact that the way you think in your mind and how you react is going to be so important in those moments. And sometimes, you know, you have to be silent to be able to hear his voice. You can't try to overspeak or keep asking why, 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 why. You have to actually be silent to hear him. So I, I just wanted to add that to what you were saying at that moment.
2: That's why I think having the right christian family and friends around you is so important Mm -hmm. because i'm pretty sure that in my time of meltdown and losing my house and almost becoming one of deltona's homeless (laughs) i feel like the whole time i'm freaking out and going crazy and finding boxes and tape (laughs) and scissors i feel like yvette Sorry, Alex and Tiana and Maria were praying for me the whole time in the background. Pastor too, Ms. Wanda too. Ms. Wanda always praying for everybody. But I just feel like, you know, my church family, you know, my Christian sisters and brothers, they are always so calm. And the funny thing is, I think they, they know how to deal with me now when I'm melting. Melting is the perfect <laughs> perfect description for it. When I'm melting, they're always so calm and they're always just like. I mean, I could tell in their tone, the first thing they're thinking is, What is wrong with you? <laughs> 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 and then, you know, and then, you know, they'll offer. Clarity, but they know that I'm not going to accept the clarity because I need the drama so bad first, you know, sometimes we'll push away clarity. So take this little, this, this little nugget. Sometimes we'll push away clarity so that we could finish being dramatic tell me i'm lying <laughs> no you're
0: being totally honest
2: you're definitely a person
1: that has to get everything out because the moment you try to say something then she starts with another sentence Correct. so you just have to let her talk mm. and get everything out and when she's finished then she'll just right. hear out sometimes the best thing well you just got to keep praying about it
2: yeah. That's, it. that's it. And I'm like, these people are crazy. They just keep telling me to pray. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to though. No, it's so true because everything they've always told me that I could do because that, that that's an that's another thing is they would always tell me, Well what we don't see exactly what the problem is <laughs> you know, but you know, sometimes we create problems too that don't even exist. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a pro at that. <laughs> I can definitely admit it but going back to the list um as far as humbling experiences so when you lose everything right uh, most times you're brought down to a certain level of humility right and my question is is uh when you were in your trying moments how humble did you allow yourself to be like how much of your pride were you willing to swallow to dig yourself out of those trenches
1: hmm. well i think as a believer well we're talking about this it's kind of funny it's, as a believer i feel like everybody finds that one mo- to elevate in christ and really grow with christ i feel like you find that one moment that is almost like like you said that um what are we saying oh my gosh why didn't it just leave me the question not the humbling moment what oh. we've
2: been talking about
1: pride? Humility? No.
2: Oh, uh, losing everything?
1: Yeah, like that rock bottom. There we go. Rock
2: bottom. Rock bottom.
1: I feel like you have that rock bottom moment in your life as a believer most of the time is because we find our dependency in Christ. So I feel like when you're finding your dependency in Christ, that's when you're getting your humbling moment and really knowing yourself as a believer. Um, I know personally for myself, it was definitely humbling for me um, because I didn't want to be known as that person that was divorced. Um, I didn't want to be known. I had to move back home. You know, like, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm sharing a room with my nephew right now. Like, um, I'm still at the same job. You know, I just found like it was just a lot of things. I felt like that didn't bother me. In those moments, everything bothered me at that moment. But it was like, God had to get me to understand, like, girl, if you don't let this go, peel back peel back he just peeled back the layers and made me humble and when I became humble that's when I seen doors open up because um, like the way I found my job that I work now literally I was laying in the bed and someone posted a Facebook post somebody else was asking if anybody's job was hiring and I seen I was like let me just go on these people's website and you know of course it said you have to have your bachelor's degree you got to have all this I said so let me just apply And then after I applied, I was like, Lord, if it's your will, let it be done. And it was like, everything just like boom, 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 fell in place. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, God, I see you. And Lucy, even when I went for my interview, they was like, listen, and Lucy takes people, um, we Lucy contact you within two weeks. The next day the recruiter called me and was like, oh, we want you, this is when you're going to start, this is how much you're going to make, this is it. And it was literally matching and even better than what I already had. So I was just like, okay, God, I see you. So it was like that moment, you know, I still kind of had a little pride because I was going to get this two-week notice. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to give y'all, I'm going to show y'all but i think what really humbled me in the whole experience was when i was in my training class everybody would talk about how the recruiters would just email them every recruiter would just email them i never spoke to my recruiter once and i'm like what you never spoke to your recruiter i was like my recruiter talked to me through the whole process my recruiter called me before my interview made sure she asked me the questions that they were going to ask me and what my response would be he told me what responses i needed to touch up and then i went to have my interview and she called me the next day they was like nah i got emails i never spoke to my recruiter out And I think that was a humbling moment to let me know, you know, it's nothing that you did. This was all me. It was that moment for me to see. They was like, I didn't even know what I was going to make. Like, I didn't know nothing, but I knew everything the day after my interview, what everything was going to be. So I knew that was definitely a humbling moment for me because I was like, okay, God, I see you. Like, I know it was only God that did everything, aligned everything, and it was a purpose. And the funny thing was they had the same exact recruiter. So you can't tell me. It's just a coincidence. So I knew it was God um, that worked. So that definitely was a humbling moment for me in knowing that no matter what I do, I have to
2: trust him Mm -hmm. in everything I do. Everything. And I wanted to kind of take a step back and and take a look, um, and refer everyone to the Book of Job, um, because I think that it'll be really important in this. Discussion to have a lesson. I, I wrote down that I did want to have a lesson at the end for everyone because this is a very strong topic and I feel like everyone should be able to learn something from it, um, not just from our personal experiences. And thank you, everyone, for sharing personally um, what you've experienced as far as losing everything. And of course, that's just an expression, you know, because the only way, you know, we, I in, in my opinion, the only way we really lose everything is if we do lose God Mm -hmm. you know so um, we are again talking about materialistic things tangible things things that are important to us things that we consider important to us but looking at the the book of Job Job 1 and 21 naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away may the name of the Lord be praised and I feel like that's so important because you know, even when we're going through difficult times, I think it's so important for us to still praise Him the whole time, worship Him the whole time. You know, keep your focus on Him. Even if you're moving your feet and um, He's ordering your steps, you know, always keep your focus on Him. No matter whether you you take two steps forward and get pushed three steps back, you know, He's gonna order your steps and He's gonna help make it work out for. You. Even if you don't think it's the most ideal situation or where you want to. Or what you want to do, he's doing all these things for a reason, and I think we need to definitely keep that in mind.
1: I was just say, gonna say, preach, Charmaine. Okay, I didn't no, know you was, so she, she got her sermon <laughs> ready. <I ain't>,
2: <laughs> Charmaine <laughs> came through today. But if you, if you, if you do want to learn a lesson. Um, about loss and and how extreme loss can actually be because some people think they have the worst luck in the world I feel like people feel like without bad luck there is no luck for them you know and I think if you read the book of Job um you'll find that um even when when you're faced with having nothing and losing everything um you're you not really as low as you think you are, even at your lowest point, right? Unless they're throwing dirt on top of you and you're six feet under, you know, you you still always have a chance. You're alive for a reason. You're breathing for a reason. You woke up that morning for a reason. And so I just want everybody to refer to that and maybe they can um, read that this week because we, we're, we're being taught a lot of patience this week, <laughs> right? About a lot of different things being patient with our brothers and sisters who may not necessarily look like us or live like us or you know live in the same have the same tax brackets as us you know we're being patient we're being all our patience is being tested right we're being tested through family members we're being tested through employment we're being tested through Um, every single aspect of our lives. I feel like this is a season. The season is, you know, sometimes you'll go Mm. through a season by yourself, mostly. I feel like this season has been sitting on top of all of us. And I, I don't think it's for naught. I feel like it's a reason why we've been going through this this year. And don't blame it on the numbers because it has nothing to do with 2020 because that's not how things work. You have to understand that this is a season without a number. And and we ha- we need to recognize a few things. We become um, so reliant on our flesh and tangible things that I think we definitely needed a wake up call. Because I don't know about y'all, but coming out of this um, this year and 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 learning how to deal with the pandemic and learning how to live a totally different way, I feel like it has changed us, but for the better. You know, I feel like we're a lot stronger um, I feel like we're a lot more resourceful i feel like um, we 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 did practice human decency and human kindness through this entire process even though we're not willing to necessarily give ourselves credit for it because those things are being overshadowed by this election you know what I mean but we do definitely have to give ourselves credit and 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 you know we have to recognize all the people who gave themselves to the lord during this time I think that's so important um, and thank you for that, and that's why I feel like those of us who are Christians and have been Christians for a while, we we do hold. I feel like in my mind, we hold a certain responsibility right now, um, because now is the time to really show people that you know they can come to the Lord and and, and become reliant on the Lord, and and that's the best way to do things.
1: hmm Yep. But I, and you know, really to sum all that up, it really what it tested was. If we really had Christ's love in our heart for real, because without love, you wouldn't be able to function right now. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, we we're really finding the true definition of what God, God meant to love your neighbor or love the ones around you or to live Christ-like because I mean, everything that I'm learning is just, you know, the type of love like we see in the bible verse it tells us love is patient but how many of us actually practice that type of love you know how many of us actually are you know living that type of love out every day you know i think this time is really just showing us that you know are we going to be that definition of love of what christ is or what jesus christ is in every moment of our life so everything that you're saying i think the biggest word that sum it up especially even this season in 2020 is love you know because If you think about it, people that were sick are in the pandemic, you know, I don't know about y'all, but even throughout the whole pandemic, when we were supposed to be in the house, we still went to Walmart like every day. Every day. You know. And, you know, you have people that did correct coronavirus, you know, they may not have been able to go out and get what they needed for their house or the way that the stores emptied out, you know, certain people couldn't get groceries for their families in enough time because some people still was like, my job let us leave. We pretty much left right when it was like at that moment when they were like, okay, we bought the lockdown. Okay. That's when they sent us home. Everybody else was already home for like a month already. That's when they sent us home. So, you know, there was some people that still actively had to work that couldn't, you know, get the water or the toilet paper. Are the different things you know? Did you really help your brother or sister out, or was you stenchy with your toilet paper and your water? You know, mm. like, and you say you a Christian, like, how many people actually act that like I, I could say I loved our church because you know, we always in the group chat, like, yo, this place got toilet paper, <laughs> did you get toilet paper? <laughs> this place got water, you know, we was looking out for one another. If you need some, we got extra, you know, we made sure we looked out for one another. But and I think that you know, that said a lot about our walk. And as a family, we know, like, if it really came down to it where we had to rely on each other we have each other's back, you know sure. because mm-hmm. we looked out cuz you know I don't know anybody know my sister is like a i'm gonna just say our house looked like a mini grocery store <laughs> during the whole pandemic like the whole pandemic as long as sam's club was open she was in there almost every weekend grocery shopping so you know we had plenty of everything toilet paper everything like anytime we seen it we picked it up even if it was just one you know but we made sure that everybody around us had it we you know my mom was like oh this person needs it because they're a little sick you know they were dropping it off at the door for the people you know and leaving so I think those type of acts really show a lot about our Christianity in this time because there was a lot of people that probably couldn't do it or you know didn't find themselves in that position to be able to do it you know like hey I just really can't afford to do that right now I'm just trying to stay afloat you know I, I don't know if I can afford this or afford that or you know some people didn't take it serious so once everything was gone it was like okay you know what I ain't we ain't got nothing mm-hmm. you know we a little hungry over here you know we need this you need that because you didn't have so many people really I think even the fast food places shut down didn't they yeah mm-hmm. I will, some so you know it was like you could even be like let me go get a quick meal you like you actually had to cook you had mm-hmm. to do certain things so you know Especially if people are single, too, are elderly and they're living by themselves. This was a time that they really depend on people around them and try to get help. And so I think as a believer, this time really showed people's act of love, mm-hmm. most definitely. And it showed in people's character, even in the store. Like, if you know you had, like, three packs of toilet paper... And you seen that person only needed one. Was you gonna give on one roll of that roll of toilet paper out of hands? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it it show I <laughs> was you gonna fight over that one case of water? Like, Barry gonna but fight. you know, but you know, you had three at the house. You gonna you gonna fight somebody for that one case? So I think character and love played a big part in this season. I mean, and it still is because I'm like. I really i'm really curious to see how the year ends especially with them saying you know even they saying the cases are going up in certain areas and different things in the holidays i'm kind of curious to see how everything plays out and how people do it especially now because you're just now seeing the churches open back up too mm-hmm. so i'm really 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 curious to see how it plays out and you found out who were true believers were for sure. Especially being in the church, because some people didn't support people in their churches online. You know, you've seen the numbers drop. I heard a lot of people say, I'm not trying to pick on nobody or nothing, but, you know, people was like, oh, this is the other time I can go visit other churches. But I just hope you were sending your offering to your church. You know, there was still people paying their tithes throughout this time, paying an offering to the church, understanding they still had to go afloat. So we really acted as Christians and believers. You can tell they stood out who was really for God and for the body of Christ and who wasn't. Definitely. Cause to pay your tithes and stuff, it could, that that's a true test within itself during
2: the pandemic. Yeah, it is for sure. So mm-hmm. not easy.
1: Definitely. Another scripture that is good that I was thinking about this whole time. Um, I know it's in Matthews. I don't know the exact one, but it was saying, you don't, I'm paraphrasing. Um, basically don't try to figure out what your tomorrow is. Cause you don't know what tomorrow may bring um i think sometimes Jesus was kind of trying to prepare us to let us know, you know, you don't never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So don't ever mm-hmm. try to plan your days out or plan your time out. Cause you don't know what can happen. You don't know what can change in an instant of a to- moment, you mm-hmm. know, so don't try to plan your thing. And I think that that goes great with this topic. Cause sometimes the reason why we feel like we hit rock bottom is because we allow things to catch us by surprise, or we think that it's a surprise, but like you said, the first question you asked, if our patience and our trust is in God, you know, we shouldn't be so surprised if certain things happen to us because we're trusting him no matter what. And we he's already telling us we don't know what tomorrow may bring for us. You should sure. just always be prepared for Definitely. whatever's coming your way.
2: Definitely, I agree. Because the
1: pandemic smacked everybody in the face. It
2: did. Mm-hmm. It did. My, um, um, finishing up the topic really quick, I wanted to um, <clears throat> also ask this question. Um While your rock bottom is going on, um, what would you do differently in your life? Would you would you reflect on how you got there, how you got to rock bottom? And then, you know, if so, what would you do differently? Like what would you you know, after coming out of it and in hindsight, what do you feel like you would do differently? Like, Tiana was talking about an eviction, and you were talking about divorce, and Antoine was talking about, um, he's never really hit rock bottom, but he has had some very challenging times, uh, uh, including a seven-year period where he, he, he felt like he was in a compromising situation.
0: Well, I I would um on in hindsight I would just depend on God from jump, you know because look how long it took me to get out of my situation it took me seven years because I never really depend on God from jump you know I will try to figure out how to do things on my own and if I would have relied on God from from the start I probably never had like that seven year low point and everything you know so that's that's me yeah.
1: he took the words exactly because yeah. you know trying to figure it out yourself puts you in a lot and you're just like feeling like you're going through the same cycle over and over and over and over because you're trying to figure it out yourself but if you fully like you know of course we're going to have that first reaction but if you fully just depend on God you see a lot more results
2: quicker it's funny you said that because you know we've been seeing in the media a lot where you have these men who have been incarcerated and then all of a sudden after 25 years after 40 years you know after 30 years they're being released because um a false conviction right Mm -hmm. so sometimes you can like antoine was talking about his seven year period um that's almost like being in your own prison You know, and I feel like um, sometimes people give up when 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 they're in their situation for that long. I feel like they kind of give up because they feel so defeated and they've been in it so long they don't feel like there's a way out. So they become complicit um, with their situation and they never reach for more. They never strive for more. Um, and so, you know, their life becomes very dull, very, you know, I mean, the measure of success is not money.
0: They got comfortable.
2: Right. They get comfortable with not having much and things like mm-hmm. that. And I feel like that's a prison in and of itself. You know, you may not be behind literal bars, but your 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 mind is in a prison. You know, you can physically feel like you're imprisoned. Um, so, like Antoine said, he would definitely turn to God first. That's one big thing that he would do differently. Um, so, Yvette? Um,
1: I don't think there was nothing that I can do different in my um situation, but I definitely learned the lessons of what I did wrong in my situation. So definitely the lesson part, I think it was something that I needed to go through because of my own pride and my own choices. But I will definitely say the lessons that I gained from it was a lot of enrichment. So mine's is a little different than them. Um, I feel like through the time I trusted God, but I feel like for God to take me to another level, it was different lessons that I needed to learn. And I feel like I learned them through that process um, for sure. And now that you just said that about the incarceration, um, it just reminds me, I cannot remember the name of the movie, but it's based on a true movie. And basically, it was a young man that was in New York and he was incarcerated. He was from Trinidad and he was incarcerated for, I think, I want to say it was like 40 years. He was put, was it 40 years? It was 40 or 20, I think it was 20 years. He served 20 years. And the only reason why they kept him in there, wouldn't let him get parole or anything was because he would never admit to the crime. But mm-hmm. he said, I cannot admit to something I did not do. So he kept fighting he kept fighting and fighting and fighting. he got many lawyers, lawyers turned him down, took their family's money. I mean, like $1,000 in money they will take from him and then be like, oh, we can't help you with the case but him and his best friend never gave up and even when the guy that was in jail he still would never admit that he did it and he did want to give up and was just like i'm being here for the rest of his life his best friend never gave up you know he kept searching until he finally they got a door to knock down and they were able to see that he was wrong we convicted and everything came out the truth but his biggest thing was he would never admit that he was wrong so that's why he sat in jail and the parole board would just keep turning him down because he wouldn't sit down and say to them i committed the crime but i thought that was a good one and another good movie to watch about that is called Time Um, it's on Amazon if you got Amazon Prime it's called Time and um, this lady fought for her husband like she basically recorded her twins because she was pregnant with twin boys Uh, when he went into prison um, she said they came to a moment like you said rock bottom in their lives and they were trying to open their clothing store and basically um, they decided to rob a bank they don't kill nobody they don't do nothing she's just the getaway driver um they go in they rob the bank they get caught of course um she gets she say she signs a plea deal but her husband does not sign a plea deal because he believes he can fight it but he ends up spending almost 20 something it was eight the kids were 18 when he got out they were graduating from high school so almost 20 years in prison for this crime that, you know, Lucy, when you rob a bank, it's only most people know it's three to five years, you're out. But he got sentenced to life in prison with not even a chance of parole for robbing a bank.
2: Did they have weapons? No. Wow.
1: I well I don't know, I can't remember to be honest. I'm not gonna say no.
2: Weapons make a difference.
1: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Lucy if nobody even if they did have a weapon but if nobody was hurt, you Lucy still won't spend a life in parole for robbery. Wow. Um, so they gave him a life even the I think even the nephew had got out and this guy was still sitting in jail but they fought and fought and fought and fought and fought until he finally got released from jail Um, after 18 years because they were able to get the conviction changed for the reasoning and he was able to come home so those are another good movies to watch about that
2: that's good any uplifting things during times like this So that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this topic so that people out there don't feel alone. Like when they are fighting their worst battles, I feel like sometimes talking about stuff like this can let people know that there, there, there can be light at the end of it, you know, that you can bounce back from it no matter how bad you think it is. And no matter how long you sit in it for, thank you for that Antoine. Um, I feel like we all, um, have faced, um, Uh, a lot of adversity in our lives different points in our lives of course and I think we can each each one can teach one you know what I'm saying even if you help one person or two people just from this discussion I feel like it's an important discussion to have for sure especially at a time like this so um, we want to thank everybody for joining us tonight for our podcast Um, thank you for everyone's input and personal um, situations and reflections and things like that um We do want to say once again, as always, the views and opinions expressed here at Hosanna's Huddle are in no way the views and opinions of Power and Praise Ministries of Deltona, Florida. And once again, we appreciate each and every one of you. Please, please, please follow us on Instagram, Hosanna's Huddle on Instagram, Facebook. Um, You can get us on Spotify, Apple, um, podcast just please follow us like us and, and leave comments opinions give us topic advice we'll, we'll take your advice we'll give you a shout out and everything um, we appreciate any feedback that we can get from each and every one of you guys because we appreciate you so much and thank you and good night,
0: good night. Bye. Good night.